Today, I have with me a powerful woman who has been helping speakers catapult their careers for more than 30 years while creating the life of her dreams. In this episode, she shared with us the importance of our thoughts and mindset in our life creation process through her life story. She also talks about the piece that was missing in her life to stop self-sabotaging her success, how to combat the loneliness for entrepreneurs, what to work on if you're getting in your own way, what is the one question to ask after a failure, how to increase your confidence, how to gain more clarity, what can help you to avoid stopping on your way to your dreams, how to start the process of delegating and scaling up, and so much more. Jane Atkinson is such a caring, humble, and smart woman and brings so many nuggets in this conversation that I advise you to take out your pen and paper and take notes. So here we go. Have you ever wondered what makes people capable of creating changes that impact their lives and the world around them? What is their way of thinking, their mentality, their patterns, their perceptions of the world, their reactions to different live events? What influences them? My name is Cristina Puyol, and I invite you to join me in this adventure where we will explore together the mind of change makers. When you see someone on stage, for many, we have no clue on what happens behind the scenes before getting onto that stage, or how did they get to that stage in the first place? How did they become so famous? Today, I have with me a powerful woman who's been helping speakers catapult their careers for more than 30 years. She worked as an agent for several speakers whose careers skyrocketed. She also served as a vice president of a speaker's bureau in Texas, where she represented several celebrities, best-selling authors, and business experts. She decided after some time to become a coach and create her own speaker school, the Wealthy Speaker School, for speakers of all levels, helping them build their business, the business of their dreams. She's also the author of best-selling books, the Wealthy Speaker 2.0, the Epic Keynote, the Wealthy Speaker Daily Success Planner and Journal, and her latest book, Scaling Your Speaking Business. She's been featured in HuffPost Speaker Magazine, Fortune Entrepreneur Magazine, invited to speak at local, national, and international speaker associations on a regular basis. Jane is known in the industry as the Speaker Launcher, which is also the name of her company. She also hosts her own podcast, the Wealthy Speaker Podcast. So help me in welcoming this amazing woman, Jane Atkinson. <laughs> that was quite the introduction. Thank you very much. I'm feeling very powerful now that you've said it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and that's just part of it. So now we have uh, a little bit of time with you to like explore how you, you've come to where you are and build the life that you want because you've created this thing to have the life that you want, right? Yes, it's all about, and and none of us want the same things as each other. I might want something different from you. Uh, our clients and our speakers in our school, they want something different. Some people want to travel the world and speak yeah. internationally. I don't really want to leave home. <laughs> so uh, I, I think everybody really has to decide what is perfect for them. Yeah, that's a very important point. And mm -hmm. I, I have the privilege to attend your school and I really like how approachable you are and how easy it is and how, you how much you care about your students. So that for me was 
really, really nice to see that even though you have an amazing success, you're still down to earth and connecting with everybody around you. That's really nice. Well, I think if you stop doing that, what's the point, right? I mean, human connection is what it's all about. And we do care. We care deeply. I hope that when we continue to grow and grow and grow, that we'll still be able to, uh, that's, that's a bar that we have to try to stay uh, rising up to. So now in these days, we are in the culture of like the now, everybody wants everything now. And I know you've you've talked about it in other podcasts I was listening to, listening to mm-hmm. and you were saying like how any type of success, whatever the definition is, it's not a minute. So I would love to know a little bit about your story, how you got to where you are. Mm, well, we're talking over 30 years now. <laughs> so three decades uh, started when I was age 25 in the speaking business. I... I saw a, um, a Les Brown, a famous American speaker who is really motivational. And yeah. I saw his show on public television and I recorded it on a VHS tape. So that gives you some time frame. And I watched it over and over and over again. It was called Live Your Dreams. And I mean, literally, he got the whole idea started in my brain and here we are. Uh, more than 25 years later, and I'm doing what he said to do. So that's an interesting little, like how a motivational speaker can impact your life is pretty tremendous. And so I watched that and I thought, oh, that's what I want to do next. I had had a lot of really amazing jobs. I was the queen of getting jobs. I was, I really (laughs) understood, you know, um, business and I was talented. And so uh, people would snatch me up, but, but it would typically be on a contract. So short term. And so I didn't know where I was going at age 25. And I thought, that's it. I want to go and work for a motivational speaker. And so be careful what you wish for because it it probably was a matter of weeks that I landed a job. I at the time I was working a temp job. Do you know temp job? Yes, That's yes, like yes. a one-year contract, maternity leave, something like that. And um I was at 3M and a woman had just left 3M from an executive position to write a book and become a motivational speaker. Mm -hmm. And her best friend worked with me. She introduced me and ta-da, I had a job three weeks later working for a motivational speaker. So my first speaker, I was like her agent, her business manager. So I worked in a basement office on straight commission for three years. I learned like the business. I paid my dues. And, um, you know, once that people started to take notice and say, oh, how did you double her business every year? And they started to notice me. So then I got recruited out to... um, a different speaker. I went from the basement office to the corner office beside the big boss in an office of a hundred and hundred people. Nice. And, uh, that was amazing. We're flying around on private jets and helicopters. And then after two years, something, my mindset hadn't quite caught up to that. So I imploded that job and I started all over down in Dallas working with a, an Olympic athlete who had no money. <laughs> And uh, so I started again at scratch and kind of worked my way back towards the six-figure income. But uh, there's a piece in the middle there about mindset that is really, really important. 
my mindset had not caught up to my income. Mm. And that was why I self-sabotaged and I imploded that job. And I stayed for two years, but um, really could have been a much longer. When you uh, say you imploded that job, what do you mean by that? Yeah, I, I blew it up. Yeah. No, I understand the <laughs> word. I, but like, I yeah. sabotaged myself. Okay. And so um, then, so then I started over basically with hardly zero income with my third speaker who was an Olympic athlete down in Dallas and uh, then did the same thing. We built his business year over year. We doubled his business and he got to um, a seven figure income as a result of our work together. Wow. I was also lucky to be in Dallas. I got to work under the roof of a speaker's bureau for six years. I was in on every meeting. We started with, I think, three or four of us in the office and a dog, and it grew to like 30 people. So I really was um, instrumental in helping that business grow and but also watching what to do and what not to do as you as you scale your business. Amazing. So that was an interesting little. Uh, I don't know if that answered your question. Did that? Yeah. Answer what? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What? What? Um. What is it? A piece that you were missing in your mindset for that shift to happen? Worthiness. I'm sure it was worthiness, Christina. I don't think I thought. I don't think I felt worthy of a six-figure income. Mm -hmm. Something was misaligned. My brain hadn't caught up with the idea of creating the life and the business of your dreams that that wasn't quite on my radar yet and it took working down in dallas with a life coach for um a couple of years actually he and i worked on what i want wanted my future life to work with and this was 15 years ago And this is the life that I'm living today was the life that he and I worked on. And that included being really comfortable with wealth and being comfortable with, um, you know, just really standing tall in who I am and how I help people and the value that I bring to the table. Yeah, because from what you said, already when you were 25, you knew how the business worked, if you were able to get all those business and make everybody flourish so fast. so Yeah, I, I really had, um, I, I loved to just do little snippets and learn things. Like when I went to 3M, it was really interesting um, to see how a large corporation worked and how people climbed the ladder. And I recognized immediately that my entrepreneurial spirit would not survive in a big corporate room. And so I thought, okay, well, a year here is perfect for me. They did end up having me come back for various things because uh, they really liked me, but I, it just wasn't for me. The corporate ladder wasn't for me. And then how did you transition from working for other people to working for you? Well, I, um, so 9-11 happened. I was living in Dallas and uh, home of American Airlines. That whole situation mm -hmm. affected us all in a tremendous way. And, and um, that I decided to come back to Canada after that. Not because I was afraid, but just like, okay, that feels like a sign that the time is to come home. I had been in Texas for six years 
and I really learned a lot while living there. It was um, the idea of thinking big. I mean, they really do it up big in Texas. And so <laughs> it's true what they say. And so I learned my mindset had started to catch up to like this big thinking in terms of Texas. So I came back to Canada and I immediately got trained as a coach. So I understood how to coach and um, I think it was a little bit difficult to recognize that, you know, when you're leaving an office with 30 people in it and then going and working by yourself, it can feel a little bit lonely. So I had to really figure out how to fill myself up with friendships and things like that. That was certainly an issue in terms of um, starting to work by myself. But I think getting um, trained in uh, by a proper coaching institute was incredibly helpful. And I remember asking the person who was training us, a coach, um, well, how much do you charge an hour? And I think he said, you know, $300 or something like that. And I thought to myself, oh, I'm going to beat that like really quickly. And so I did, like, I really had a goal to be, you know, the best. And so even though I did beat that guy, my, my fees were, of course, still pretty low in the early days. But um, I was very lucky that I had a reputation from all the speakers that I had already managed. And getting my business off the ground maybe wasn't as difficult as it could have been. I'm, I'm feeling very grateful for that. Because now you're helping from all levels, right? From beginners to more advanced yeah well back in the early days usually only an advanced speaker could have afforded me and we then we opened up the school that it would allow people who were just getting their foot in the water to come in and learn you know build the foundation that then they would then go to use for the next 10 years and so we have programs now for kind of speakers at three different levels nice and now, of course, we are what we are from our story. But if you could talk to your younger self, what is one thing you could tell that person like to accelerate the learning? I would say do the mindset work early, early, early. I mean, I really wish I would have had access to the idea that our thoughts equal our results. Our thoughts equal our results. I just actually got certified in a different type of mindset coaching so that I could add this to my mix. Because sometimes I have clients who are really just getting in their own way. And they're doing it because of their thoughts. They think they don't know enough. They think they're not ready yet. They think... I'll do this when this happens, and it takes a really long time for that to happen. They, um, in, we call it indul indulgent emotions. You know, confusion is an indulgent emotion. And a lot of my clients, I'll say to them, uh, you, you know what to do. You do actually know what to do. Just go and do it. And, and I think it's just fear that is um, holding them back. But if I were to talk back to my younger self, I would really explain the power of your thoughts and how it can get you exactly where you want to go. And 
it can be almost scary sometimes to manifest things really quickly. And I think sometimes we get a little like, oh, that's what happened to me out in Vancouver. You know, I manifested a six figure job. I just hadn't quite caught up to the idea of deserving it. Because I know like they don't teach this in school. They don't teach at university. Like this is something, you know, once people start like banging some walls, they're like, oh, God, I got to learn something <laughs> related with my thoughts. And but um, what are like if you have to point somewhere to begin where would you point people to? And of course, coaching is a great tool. But if you have to point, okay, start here, read this book or. I think the best, you know, it's old, a really old book that I read years and years and years ago is called Think and Grow Rich by oh, yeah. Napoleon Hill. It is an amazing book. The things in it still hold true, still hold water. You know, you'll see some things that you're like, whoa, this is outdated. But um, he talks about um, alibis, which really means excuses. What are your alibis for not going where you want to go? What are your excuses? And those were all the things we were just talking about. Well, I'm not really ready or I can't do it. And so I think um, I think that's a good place to start. Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. And for the people that are entrepreneurs like you, I feel like the loneliness that you can feel sometimes. You said you found friends and you found like your social life. Mm. Uh, but in terms of business, sometimes you don't have like you want to take ideas or you feel like, am I going off the road or something? Mm -hmm. What would be a good advice to entrepreneurs that feel kind of alone uh, in the You know, desert? if you have um, an association that houses the people who are like you, so every entrepreneur is going to be in a different type of business. I'm in the speaking business. And I have had friends in this business for over 30 years. People who I connected with at like my very first speakers convention and have remained friends with since then. So that's one idea is to belong to an association. But if you're really interested um, in something that's a little bit more focused and can really focus on you and growing your business more, you know, check out a mastermind. That um, I would look for something that specializes in what you're wanting to do. If you want to grow your speaking business, then talk to me. If you want to, you know, become an online entrepreneur, then check out Amy Porterfield. Like, go to the people who are doing this work all the time. I see a lot of people that will hire somebody to help them, but it's not kind of specifically in that one lane. And I think it's really helpful to find that if you mm -hmm. can. Yeah, a specialized coach. Yes, a specialty lane. coach, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I'm, in, I'm in a world right now inside the coaching school that I just got um, certified with. There's a coach who can help you lose 100 pounds. There's a different coach who can help you lose the last 10 pounds. There's a woman who um, is called the breakup coach. Her tagline is get over your ex in three months or less. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's, <a good laughs> like, that's how specific you can be in terms of like, and so if you want to find somebody, you know, to help you, people can reach out to me if they're looking for a particular type of coach. I can be reached at jane at speakerlauncher.com and I would be happy to, uh, refer you over to my school.
Nice. We'll put a, we'll put all your link information on the notes sure. of the of the episode so they can reach you and find you and get more information on the speaker launcher and the sure. And but yeah. if you're looking for something that's not in the speaking field, I would love to be able to point you to that too. Nice. And um, of the clients and the many people that you are talking to over the years, what do you think is the biggest fear in terms of public speaking? Because I always say, this is what everybody fears. And I see not everybody fears it. Mm. But um, what is the biggest fear? Well, I think it's failure. And it's not necessarily failure on the platform, like on the stage. I think people are just afraid that they're going to try something and it's going to fail. And really, I have a saying in the newest book, if you're not willing to fail, you're not ready to scale. The whole success is just a series of failures. <laughs> right? I tried that. It didn't work. I tried that. It didn't work. And then I got it, you know, boom, and it yeah. worked. And so I think a lot of people are just afraid to make a bad decision and to fail when frankly, that is the way forward. Yeah. And uh, sometimes failing forward is exactly what you need to do. And when you make offers to people and they say no, and you're like, okay, well, I obviously didn't provide enough value during that conversation. What do I need to do different next time? When you do a webinar and people don't sign up for your thing, um, okay, that didn't work. What do I need to do next time? I, I need to, you know, and sometimes you have to dig deep and really recognize that you are not putting out that success vibe, that you are not saying, I have what you need in a way that people are like really believing you. So there's a lot of self-confidence work that comes into this. And I really like, um, the idea and you've learned this idea christina from uh our school and that's clarity equals confidence yeah when you're really really clear on what you're bringing to the table that allows you to stand tall in your confidence so let's talk about clarity now <laughs> okay that's fun because yeah because that's the one thing i get from a lot of clients is uh, the sentence and then everybody's different but the sentence is I don't have clarity. I don't know exactly what I want. I, you know, I'm not sure if this or this or this or this is what I should be doing. So how do you tackle clarity with, with people that you work with? I think the most important piece of clarity is getting really, really crystal clear on what you're selling. If you have that, then that's huge because then when you meet with a client face to face zoom to zoom to zoom by the telephone whatever then when you meet with that client you can clearly describe how you're going to help them you can ask a few leading questions and then you can talk about how you're going to help them and i think that that is the first check mark that you need next to the clarity box is what are you selling in terms of getting clear on what you want, I would say go for the everything and then think about what the action steps are going to be to get one thing at a time. You know, we had a vision, my husband and I, of having uh, a cottage by the water, but we didn't know. You don't know the how when you set out a goal and we didn't need to know the how because all of a sudden 
the opportunity came across our radar. And let me tell you, we weren't actually ready yet. We already <laughs> had a couple of other properties and it was like the bank was wondering, are you sure? <laughs> are you sure you can afford this? Uh, and we were wondering, are you sure we can afford this? But once we did it and then got to the other side of it, looking back, it was like, oh, you know, that first year felt felt a little scary, as is any home ownership. You know, your first home, the first year is a little bit scary. And then you get to the other side and then you're like, okay. And once you do things like that, like you you show yourself that you can do it, that breeds the confidence to do more. Yeah. That's a good point. So now I can't stop looking at real estate, but honestly, we have four <laughs> homes. I cannot look at another. I cannot look at another property, but I'm always looking for opportunity. I'm, I'm learning in this interview that you are a master in manifestation. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had. Please let me be clear. I'm not at my goal yet. Okay, mm -hmm. I am still on the path to getting there and I am willing to fail and I am willing to feel the, the pain of failure in order to get there. And once I kind of know the scariest parts and having failed on lots and lots of things in the history of my company over 17 years, um, I know now that it's okay. It's not going to kill me to fail. That's a very good approach. And I like what you said before, you know, that it, it's uh, success is just a whole bunch of failures together. And then you get it <laughs> at some point, you get it through. You find out what doesn't work. I mean, we know that a lot of the inventors of major, major things had a ton of failures before they actually got to the light bulb moment, you know, yeah, yeah. literally. So, yeah. I think we just forget, you know, the, the more as we get adults, it's like we forget and we want to learn everything. I have students coming to the dance class and they're like, so how long does it take to learn dancing? I'm like, well, it depends. <laughs> it depends how much you practice. It depends how much time you devote to this. So. Yeah. Do you want to dance for the next, you know, 72 hours? We'll make it happen. <laughs> Or do you want to learn gradually? And that's yeah. the thing. A lot of people think that you can start a business and grow a business and have success in six months. And and really it is, you know, it's about a three-year process. For the people that are impatient, like three years sometimes can sound like a lifetime. And, and mm -hmm. I think especially the younger generations, which are more used to now, <laughs> now, yes. yesterday. Well, we're used to um, social media going viral overnight yeah. has made us want that immediate gratification, right? Yeah. So how do you deal with that? Not, not you're used to it, but like new people that are emerging. I, I need to remember that I'm on my way. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, I tell myself it's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. And so, again, it comes back to whatever thoughts you're feeding yourself. Yeah. If, you're, if you're giving yourself impatient thoughts, then impatience will be how you come at the world. And it may create outcomes that you don't necessarily want when you come from a place of impatience. We have to really be aware that... Our thoughts lead to our feelings. And then when we take actions from those feelings, they're going to come off in a particular way. So if I come at my business with, it's just a matter of time, here I am. I mean, there have been people on my email list for 15 years 
who haven't bought from me yet. There was a woman, uh, I think it was last year or two years ago, she had been on my email list for 15 years and bought something from me that was at my highest price point. Wow. So I just, yeah. you just never know, right? And so she had been watching me drip out solid content to her for 15 years. Wow. I had been providing her with value for 15 years. Yeah, that's kind of unheard of on no, you know, today because everybody's on the social media, which is like, like you're saying, instant, instant, yeah. instant, quick. Yeah. So that's really amazing. Well, I, I just think that it's not that often. Okay, maybe in the world of influencers, you can have an overnight success, but typically there was a whole lot going on. You know, it's that analogy of the duck going across the water and just looking so beautiful and serene. But meanwhile, underneath the water, there's little Fettling, flip, yeah. flippers that are just going on, going and going and going. And, you know, there's a lot going on underneath the surface a lot of the times for people. Yeah. And what is a big change that you had to overcome in your life? A big change. Well, we have seen in our industry, well, okay, so we could start at COVID and work backwards to technology and work backwards from there. I would say COVID and technology have been huge in terms of changing the scope of what my industry does. We used to be all about going out and getting on live stages and now the entire world is doing virtual which means the world is flat which means that i can talk to you in spain and you can talk to me in canada and uh, i can have an audience here listening to what christina has to say and that wasn't quite as common as it is today and nor will it be as common in you know the future means that a lot of things are going to be hybrid. I would run my own live events and now I'm looking at, okay, well, if I make it a hybrid event, an in-person audience of, you know, 50 or 100 people and maybe another 50 people that are watching at home, how do I do that and do it well? That has been a total game changer. Yeah. COVID has changed and, and I would have to say that the positive outcome of COVID for me personally is that I was always incredibly future focused. What's our next trip? What's coming up there? And it's, it's forced me to be more present, more steeped in today and what's going on today and not so focused on what's coming down the pike. That is an amazing point because I've heard here a lot of people talk about when it's over. You know, instead of coming to their present and really, really connecting with themselves, mm -hmm. talking about what's coming after, when is it normal again? And I'm like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> and I have clients that have put me on hold until it's over. And I'm like, dude, you're missing the bus. Like, exactly. there is so much going on right now. Yeah. You do not want to wait until it's over because who knows actually when that will be. Yeah. And what is over anyway? Because now, yeah, what does over even yeah. mean? It's yeah. not going to be the same. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I think that you want to be looking for opportunity no matter what kind of chaos is going on around you. And that 
was a huge lesson in COVID because um, many of my, I have a client who is having the best year and last year had the best year of her business because she saw the fire, she put the hose on her shoulder and ran towards it and said, how can I help? You know, I'm here. I, I'm here for you, my clients. I can help you. And she is thriving as a result. She just built a whole new studio. Here we are a year in, and she just built a whole new studio for doing virtual work because she sees that the future is not going to go back 100% to in-person events. And then I remember also you actually talking um, at the beginning of the COVID, how at the beginning it was like a shock. And then you say, no, I got to be present for my students. I got to be present for my clients and I got to be out there. And then you start, you know, going out again and, and, and giving yourself it, and helping. It and took serving. me a minute. I did not get there. And what I learned from this. So this is a kind of a little thing to just think about. How do you rate yourself in a in a crisis, I guess. I don't know if crisis is the right word. Something bad happens in your business to just, okay, let's call it a disruption. How do you rate yourself in a disruption? Do you land at a 10 where you're like Meredith, you put the hose on your shoulder and you run towards the fire? Or were you more like me? I started at a three. I'm telling my husband, we need to sell everything. Like, oh, I need to get out from under this financial burden. Like, I'm, I was in fear, fear, fear mode for probably the first two weeks. And then I remembered, hey, wait a second. The value I bring to the table hasn't changed. People need me now more than ever. Oh, wait a second. Okay. And so then my buddy Chris said, hey, do you want to do this uh, four-week series together? Sure, I'll do this with you. Week one, Jane is not really there. I'm like still reeling. I'm like, okay, okay. Chris kind of pulls me along. Week two, I show up. I'm back. And week three and four, we do an amazing, it was called the Brand Camp. And it was an amazing. I remember uh, that. It was, it, yeah. it was so it was good. good. But was if amazing. you look at video number one, I was not there. <laughs> I was not present for uh, number one. And I just, Chris was the guy who had the hose on his shoulder and he was running towards the fire. And I was still kind of standing back going, I don't know if I even want to turn the water on. You know, I, I wasn't <laughs> sure. So I took me a little while. So I learned that I started at three and then I make my way to eight very quickly but I do not start at an eight in the middle of a disruption. And so now I know for next time, hey, wait a second, this is just my ammo. We need to get there faster. Yeah, but still, I mean, two weeks, what is two weeks? Some people are still stuck, you know? So I think yeah. it's beautiful that you can first recognize it. And then, mm -hmm. uh, and then I think it's also beautiful from outside to see, okay, so even if it was not perfect, she started walking, you know, yeah. you're, you're watching somebody walk faster, but you're still walking, you know, so, so yes. that's, that's a beautiful exactly. And everybody, everybody really came at it from their own pace and their own timing. Jen, who, you know, well, um, who works for our school, 
Jen uh, was kind of like, yeah, I don't really know about virtual. It's not really my thing. I'll just kind of bide my time and wait it out here. And then about four months ago, something clicked into place. She got energized by something that she saw on like a technical talk or something. And so she got herself all set up. She brought in help to learn with the things she didn't know how to do. And she, uh, at, she started to build out her talk in virtual and include some video in it and things that were getting her like really, really excited. And so she raised her prices and uh, booked her highest fee speaking engagement like two weeks ago. Oh, nice. And, and today she's out speaking live. So she's actually on the road to go and deliver some live talks. And so um, just watching her evolution, you know, and I didn't push her, you know, come on, Jen, you need to be doing virtual. I was just like, this is it. This is the information here for you. And, uh, you know, take it as, as you would like. And so she got there and it was really interesting. And I was so excited to see how excited she got yeah. when she finally turned the corner and went, the light bulb came on and went opportunity, opportunity, opportunity. And so now she, she's just killing it. I'm very happy to hear that because she's such a wonderful woman. I love her. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She's yes. fun and she's always happy, always smiling. So it's great. Yes, absolutely. That her name is uh, Jen McDonough and they call her the Iron Jen. And, uh, <laughs> you know, she's resilient. There's no question. Yeah. So everybody has their own pace and their own uh, speed. But it's good that you take notes so that next time you recognize yourself and you yes. can help yourself, you know, that yes, self to go a little bit faster if you want to. You know? Exactly. I am prepared to put that <laughs> to the test. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a test for everybody. Yes, yes. And how do you manage your personal life with all the things that you're doing? Because you sound really busy. How do you mix that? with? No, no, you've got it wrong. I'm not really busy. Um, I actually, uh, that has never been my goal to be busy. My goal has been to be efficient. I love efficiency. And so we have systems and processes and I have a team. And so when I say we're doing this, I mean, you know, I just start the idea and do my little part of it. And then I send it off and it goes through the machine and comes out at the other end looking pretty. <laughs> it didn't start pretty. But um, so I try to uh, live a really balanced lifestyle. My husband gets home, say, four o'clock every day. He runs his own business. He's an electrical contractor. And my goal is to be out sitting with him out back having a drink at 4.30. And we like to celebrate everything, you know, celebrate the day. And so I do on Mondays, I do uh, podcast recordings, but I'm getting ready to take the summer off. So I'm really excited about that. So I'll actually have Mondays off. Uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays, I do private coaching in my groups. And then Fridays, uh, all 
all Fridays are off in the summertime. And so we'll leave on Thursday night to go up to our cottage. And if there is any work to be done or anything little to be done on Fridays, I'll do it Friday morning and then I'm off for the rest of the weekend. And this coming week is a long weekend in Canada. And so we'll go up Thursday, come home on Tuesday. Nice. <laughs> so nice. honestly, I mean, if I'm making it sound like I work hard, it's it's a lie. It's a big fat lie. <laughs> <laughs> it's my goal not to work hard. <laughs> That's a very good goal. I, I sign up for that. <laughs> and so to scale, like to start creating your your held that box that you said that where you put everything it comes out pretty. <laughs> yes. what, what would be the first step to do that? Well, if you're thinking about say hiring a team, just start small start with one little chunk. I think what happens is people will say, okay, I'm going to hire an assistant. And they, they hire the assistant and then they put all of the things on the assistant's plate and the assistant swims and can't figure out how to, you know, get their head above water, right? They drown in all of the things that you give them. So um, my assistant, Monica, she started with me on one project and that was going to be meeting planning. Like when we do live events, she negotiates with the hotel and coordinates everything and roommates and all of that stuff. So that worked out really well. So then we added the podcast. Well, now Monica kind of runs the whole show in terms of the podcast. And then that worked out really well. So we added on customer service for the school. And so her role with us has grown and evolved. This is five years in now and it's grown and evolved. And, but we started with one little thing at a time and a great way to see if somebody's going to be a good hire is to give them a task, like give them a project. Just say, hey, I'm you know, looking to build a list or something, whatever it might be. Can you do some research for me? Give them one task and see how well they do it and see how quickly it comes back. And that will tell you whether or not this is a good idea. And then you feed them a little bit more. And with the speaker clients that you have, um, sometimes when entrepreneurs start, they want to do it all and they have a time, you know, hard time um, delegating letting go yeah letting go um because they do it better or or for whatever reason or because they feel like i cannot afford it or i need to do everything until i i earn this much money mm -hmm. um how do you guide them in that journey well really it's probably a thought that's getting in their way of delegating and it's that the thought is i can do it better myself but when you get stuck doing the $30 an hour jobs, uh, and I don't know how this translates, so you'll have to do the yeah. uh, conversion. <laughs> when you get stuck doing the $30 an hour jobs and your time is worth $500 an hour, you are keeping yourself small. You're holding yourself back. And so, the only reason I had one uh, speaker say that, well, I just can't give up the booking of the travel. You know, I have a lot of little piccadillies that I, you know, little things that I like that other people, I'm like, that's just communication. That's just really sharing exactly how you want to book. I don't want to, you know, fly out before 6 a.m. I don't want to um, have to stay an extra night. I, I want this. I want this. You know, you just really communicate very, very clearly about what you would do 
and don't expect them to figure it out and don't expect them to read your mind and yeah. i think you'll have <laughs> i think you'll be in great shape when you're hanging on to things yourself you are keeping yourself small yeah that's a very good point and um i i don't want to keep you much longer because i know you have your next appointment <laughs> or thing to do linkedin live oh, there you go. <laughs> But uh, what is what is some change you would like to see in the world? Oh, gosh. Well, I definitely would love to see us get back to some semblance of normal, but not forget what we learned during COVID, you know, to value the people that we value in our lives, you know, to not stop appreciating uh, a hug, <laughs> yeah. to... Um, the change I'd like to see in the world is that people be kinder to each other, that, you know, the social media feeds can go downhill so quickly. Yeah. And I think that um, it would be really, really nice if the world was less divided. Yeah. Yeah. I sign up for that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. A big ask, Christina. Can you go out and make that happen? <laughs> <laughs> I am trying, <laughs> you know, with this podcast, the idea is a little bit that, that if you get to know people from all walks of life and see how many similarities we have mm. and, and how they're processing is similar. Like for you, you're saying things about gratitude, about being grateful every day with what you celebrate and it can be anything. And, and of course people can say, well, she's wealthy, but it's not you. You've gone through the whole process. It's a long process. It's the same as a musician that I was speaking to the other day, who's also very grateful for every single thing. Mm -hmm. And he's become the man that he is after also 30 years of hard work, but also fun work, like enjoy the process along the way. Yeah. So, so seeing that it doesn't matter the color, it doesn't matter the profession, it's, it's the mindset and it's, it, and the pie is big enough for everybody. And there's a lot of pies, you know, we don't have to be thinking of scarcity. I think if people can see it from very different perspective, it, I hope it's going to open somebody's mind into making the changes they want to make and, and seeing that we're all very alike. I love that. And, and, you know, when I stumbled across this industry, I was working at 3M during the day and I was also waitressing at night. I fell into this job and kept my waitressing job, my, my waitressing job because I loved the tips for like two more years as I got into the business. And I tell you what, if everything went away tomorrow, I could go back to doing that. I was a heck of a good bartender and a, heck of a good waitress. <laughs> like I know how to make money. And mm -hmm. so I think it's really interesting to look back. And I was happy then too. Yeah. And I was grateful for my life then too, because when you are a waitress, it's like there are people who don't have shoes. So in the world, uh, the fact that I get to do this and serve people food, there are people in the world that don't have food. So I think that um, gratitude is a really, really good way to kind of uh, put, a, put a cherry on top of the Sunday here, because uh, without it, I guess what would be the point if, you know, if you're living every day, always wanting something else or wanting more, then you're not actually stopping to appreciate what you've got right now.
Yeah, yeah. I think that's crucial, and especially now with yeah. uh, everything there's that's a, gone there's on. There's wars going on. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that's going on right now that's really, really frightening. And, and there's people dying still. Um, you know, we're on lockdown right now. And yeah. honestly, I just, I don't engage in the whole... You know, there was a big protest down the road. Why Why do we need to protest that? You know, this is just what it is. It's a pandemic. It's a worldwide pandemic. And let's let's just get through it the best we can. Yeah. And be grateful for what it is that we have. Yeah, yeah. S starting for our health, <laughs> which is very, yes, very important. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, thank you. I am very grateful for your presence, for your wisdom, uh, for all your sharing and, and uh, for being a student of you. So thank you so much, Jane. And um, I hope uh, we can meet each other soon. I hope so too. I'm grateful for you and Seymour. And I hope that I get to uh, give you both a hug someday. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we have to visit you. That's a point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.